time now for Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now, here's your host, Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Wheat markets across North America have been up and down this week. Mike Jubinville of Pro Farmer Canada in Winnipeg says markets moved up because of heavy snow in parts of the U.S. Midwest early this week, but then there was some downward pressure. He says it has been an interesting wheat for the wheat markets. It certainly has, and uh, you know we, we are entering into weather markets, certainly up here in western Canada. We're in the early stages uh, of seeding. Things are a little slow to get going with some of the moisture, soil moisture conditions that we do have. But the wheat markets have seen some fairly significant gyrations, especially in the past week. We started off Monday coming out of a weekend with some heavy precipitation, heavy storms that rolled through the, the central uh, U.S. plains into the Midwest and in some cases was uh, dropping significant amount of snowfall that blanketed winter wheat crops down in Kansas, Colorado and such. And there's uh, an evaluation process with the cold temperatures that did dip below freezing with us and then associated with the snow probably takes a good week to 10 days to evaluate how those crops are going to thrive in the aftermath. So I think the markets are are seeing some up and down action in the meantime, but it's still going to take a little while to see how well they can come back. So what's happened with wheat prices in the last 24 hours? Well, in the last 24 hours, yesterday we were down pretty hard. The annual uh, tour for U.S. winter, hard red winter wheat crop in Kansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, and such took place during Tuesday to Thursday this week. And, you know, they came up with yield expectations that were certainly well below last year's record-shattering yield numbers, but were above the five-year average. But they readily admit that the numbers that they pulled up were for crop areas that they could evaluate. There are still areas still covered with snow, especially the worst part areas of western Kansas and such, where the crop was covered with snow, so they couldn't really make an evaluation of that. So this is kind of the ongoing debate of the wheat market at this point in time. So something uh, 280 million bushels uh, is the guesstimate or so at this time. But at this stage, we just don't know for sure. And it certainly calls into some question what those numbers really are. And it's going to take, like I say, another a week at least before we get some hardcore numbers as to how much damage actually occurred. So in Canada, what's the latest spring wheat, say, cash bids? What's happening there? Well, you know, they have been trending higher over the course of the past month. There's a combination of issues there with some of the issues that we had seen earlier on with U.S. winter wheat propping up wheat markets generally. Also, the falling Canadian dollar has worked well for cash basis at delivery points across Western Canada. We had a market correction certainly yesterday, where we saw futures markets move down after the Kansas tour suggested better than what was expected yield expectations, or at least potential. But again, we're back up here again this morning. So um, we are probably seeing cash pricing in Western Canada. We're, we're below the peak where we were to start the week, but we're still in areas that is probably in the upper end of what we've seen for quite a number of months. So uh, is it something that we've got a real bullish outlook on wheat? Quite frankly, I don't think so, because we get out of the microcosm that is North America, and we look at the world, the global situation, and global wheat stocks are still abundant. Uh, there's no significant problems to speak of globally, so we're still pretty well supplied on the wheat side of things. So I look at a marketplace that is still in the process of 
of its evolving sideways trending marketplace where we're spending one, two, three months trending one way, one, two, three months trending the other way, and we haven't had any breakout consistently to suggest we're into a new bull or bear market. So I don't see that process changing at this point in time unless weather conditions prevail for the northern hemisphere spring wheat crops to break us out one way or the other. But so far, I, I think we're just gyrating one way or the other, and I think growers need to take advantage of opportunities when they arise. Cubanville says cash bids for number one red spring wheat, 13.5% protein in Saskatchewan, are around $6.50 a bushel. Bio-waste is being tested as an environmentally friendly way of cleaning up soil at old gas station sites. University of Saskatchewan soil researcher Derek Peak says new compounds will be developed using converted bio-waste from cattle processing plants. They will contain nutrients to help soil-based organisms digest petroleum hydrocarbons more easily. And what you're doing is you're taking the waste products from uh, meat rendering or meat and bone meal and things that the industry doesn't really have a good way to get rid of. And we're using those. They're made out of nitrogen and phosphorus and carbon. And so they have the potential, if you can process them, to be a really good slow-release fertilizer source. And we've spoken before about biochars as, as a way to remediate sites. One of the main problems with biochars is that they're very difficult to work with. They're powdery, they're hydrophobic, uh, and you don't have a lot of control because they're just combustion products. In the case of hydrochars, we synthesize them in water under pressure, and so you have a lot more control. Instead of um, hoping that they'll do the job, you can design them to do the job. Our partner on this project is Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, and they have an active research program on making these hydrochars. And so we contacted them and put together this idea of, can we make this really nutrient-rich solid that still is water-soluble enough that we can get it to flow through a site and then release the fertilizer nutrients where the microbes are and stimulate that degradation. Peak says the process can be lengthy. You know, I, I think years still, I mean, the colder the climate, the longer that it takes. That's also one of the benefits of, of hydrochars or biochars is that they can provide a habitat for those microbes to live, and it can sometimes extend the season by which that they're active, so you get more activity over the course of a year. But yeah, I would say that, that within four or five years, often we see the, the contamination has decreased uh, substantially. Peak says the cost is far less than removing the soil from a contaminated site. Oh yeah, much, much less, um, from a half to even less. Peak says a three-year study will be done at two old gas stations in Stony Plain, Alberta. This fall, we will take samples and monitor sort of what's happening, what the status of the microbes and the status of the hydrocarbons are at the site now. Uh, in the spring, we will start giving what we consider is sort of the best practice, the, you know, the right mix of liquid nutrients that will help the microbes to grow. And then by the fall of next year, we will have synthesized or we will have made enough of this hydrochar that we can add it into the system as well. And so we can compare how much faster the site remediates when we've added this hydrochar amendment compared to just the liquid amendments. And, and then from that, we can really look at what are the properties of the system that make it work uh, best and uh, what is the cost of adding the hydrochar, what's the return on, on investment. And, and so within three years when the project's done, I mean, we will have trained a few people to really, uh, a few extra people at Nate and also at the university to be 
practitioners of, of in situ remediation, but they will also have a real good idea about what really is the potential of this tech. If successful, the new technology could reduce cleanup costs by at least half without having to remove any soil. There are more than 30,000 contaminated gas station sites in Canada. Downtown Regina will be abuzz with activity tomorrow. The predicted warm weather won't be the only reason Reginans want to venture outdoors. The Regina Farmers Market returns to the outdoors officially tomorrow, marking the real start to spring and summer, according to many people in the southern part of this province. Dee Kitch is the manager of marketing and customer experience with the Regina Farmers Market. She says it all will have a Saskatchewan flavor from breads to meat to vegetables. So all of the vendors that we have make their products uh, themselves in Saskatchewan. I think we're we're proud to say and also it's it's kind of impressive when you look around the market and and see how many different products that we actually have to offer these days. The market hours are from 9 a.m. until 1 p.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays. The outdoor market runs through the summer and fall until October 14th. The market update on the source 620 CKRM. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose six dollars ten cents at five fourteen forty. Oats fell a dollar five at one seventy five forty three. Feed wheat gained five forty one five fifty one. Pardon me at one forty one ninety nine. Number one red spring wheat dropped three cents at two thirty nine fifty two. The rest were unchanged. Durham two sixty nine twenty nine. Feed barley one twenty five zero three. Flax four fifty three ninety six. Yellow peas. $331. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, July wheat was up four cents at five fifty-one and a half a bushel. The Livestock Report on the Source 620 CKRM. And now the latest Livestock Report. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 350 cattle on offer at our Thursday regular sale, consisting mostly of cows and bulls. This cow market may be a little lower, but not the quality of cows this week than there was last week. Last pre-sort of the spring is Tuesday, May 9th. This yearling market's dollars and dollars stronger. These good bulls here on Thursday, these high-yielding kinds, they bring anywhere from 132 to 140 and a half. These smaller frame, lower-yielding bulls from 120 to 135. These good, big, green-fed cows, the bigger the better, from $1.09 to $1.16. Medium cows from $1.02 to 11 this yearling market's dollar stronger now. This feeder board in the last 10 days to two weeks is 10 to $20 per hundred higher. Thursday and Friday adjusted itself a little bit backwards here. The last pre-sort of the spring again is on Tuesday, May 9th here at Heartland Moose Jaw. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest numbers from Ham's Marketing Services in Winnipeg. We have some daily prices. Sig 5 is 160.03. High Life for the previous day, 155.37. Britco, 162.75. And the four month forward averaging, Sig 5, 175.97. Number one, export sales over 500 pounds, $49 Canadian per hundredweight. And we have weekly prices. This is for this week ending of today. Sig 3, 151.54. Sig 4, 152.35. Sig 5, 151.95. And Ham's Cash, 150.45. Britco, 137.31. Thunder Creek, 142.41. Coming up, the farm weather forecast.